Hi everyone. Welcome to Extra Help with Inside Schools. I'm Tom Liam Lynch. New York City families are finding themselves responsible for helping children learn online. No doubt you've heard about that and you've probably been experiencing it directly. And that's no small feat in a city with 1,800 schools and with 1.1 million students. And we at Inside Schools are here to help in whatever way we can. And one of those ways is with this podcast, where we take real questions from real people. And in this episode, we take a question from Clara, the parent of an elementary school student in Manhattan. And she wrote in with kind of a string of questions. So let's, let's hear them all. Um, what should homeschool look like? How many hours? How much progress? Can kids go outside? Which of all the available online educational programming is actually good? and recommended for kids at different ages? Those are fantastic questions, and let's take kind of each one um, on its own, all right? Um, so when it comes to the question of like, what should homeschooling look like? There's there's no one way that homeschool, you know, kind of looks. Um, it does seem like there's general agreement that you know, having a schedule for your child um, each day makes a great deal of sense. Um, and that parents should try to make that schedule with their children or talk it through with them if the school has provided one. So let me just give you like some examples from my own life. And at any point during this episode, you might hear um, the sounds of my own family doing their business, whether it's online learning um, or if it's uh, or, or otherwise. So the when we started last week, my wife and I started, cre- you know, we put a schedule together. We were like, all right, let's make it like nine to three. Let's, you know, we made like a document with a table and was just like, let's just put half hour increments down. And let's say like, what are you doing kind of, you know, in each half hour chunk throughout the day? Um, and what was important about that, and you're going to hear this over and over again, is like we invited um, our son like to the table to kind of talk through it with us and to identify where he might want to you know do certain things as well um, and that's can be really important um, for kids at any age but to, to be a part of the process that goes for teaching too in the classroom um, when I used to kind of review classrooms or and support teachers I'd always look on the walls to see whose handwriting was on like the posters was it the teacher um doing all of this phenomenal work or was it of the students who were actually being given you know some autonomy and control over creating their own environment and so the same is here when you're when you're talking about making even a simple schedule for your child now what also happens though um, as teachers are starting to figure out what this means for them and for their for their practice you you should start expecting to see something resembling a schedule coming home from schools Um, and when something like that arrives and it might be you know might be super tight and like in time-based increments or it might just be like a checklist of things to get done today whatever it is go through it with your child and make sure that you yourself wrap your head around it as best you can also Um, but it's you know the schools are figuring this out um, and there's a wide variety of kind of quality when it comes to the kinds of things that we're seeing um, come home from from teachers to students. And so, you know, check it out with your student, with your child, talk through it with her or him. Um, and if you have major questions about it, you know, then, then it's totally appropriate to reach out to the teacher directly. 
Um, and we'll go, we're going to go through, you're going to hear that again as well. Like reach out to the teacher, reach out to the teacher. It's okay. Um, next, in terms of time, um, you know, and the question remember was around like how many hours actually, in terms of time, like no honest teacher or school official is expecting families to do the work of like professionally trained educators. Okay. So we all, we all need to be realistic about this. Um, and I'd also add to that, like at school of the roughly six hours that a child is there on any given day. I mean, how much of that time do you think? she or he is like super focused and productive, right? Let's, let's be realistic about what, what's going on here. Um, you know, in my home, we're aiming for roughly like, we have like a you know, five hour, six hour window a day. Um, and increasingly that's being sort of framed by the work coming from his school and the way that the teachers are, are handling it there. That doesn't mean we just leave it up totally to them. Like we check in probably every half hour or so. We have, you know, kind of parameters around if you need help at any time, this is how you get it from, you know, either me or from my wife. Um, but the, you know, at the, at the end of the day, you just, you want to have a sense that like, did, you know, a teacher friend of mine said recently, like, look, at the end of the day, did the teacher try to teach something and did the students genuinely try to learn something? Um, and so, you know, I think that that's actually like a pretty healthy way to approach this, especially in the first couple of weeks as everyone's figuring it out. Um, as an aside, it can be really helpful as you're thinking about time to like block time in your day if you can for like just non-academic, uh, non-school things also. You know, so if your child has a certain passion, like a certain, you know, sport, or if there's a particular project they're trying to work on, like create time as well for that. Like that's okay as well. Um, and, and even if it's possible to like create some like some family structures if you can, you know, right now, for better or for worse, like we've made it a goal to like rewatch, you know, all the Avenger movies in, you know, in the order in which what was it? The order in which, not they were released, but like in which they chronologically take place, like in the series or something. Um, but make some of that time for yourself too and for your family, um, just so that, you know, you you don't try to force like normality in ways that like is, it's just not real. You know, it's not school right now for your child. Um, and so, you know, it's a special time for better and for worse. And, you know, you can treat it specially. Next, when it comes to, to like progress and what constitutes progress, um, that's where you'll want to establish, if you haven't already, a, like a strong two-way communication with your child's teachers. Like, absolutely, teachers are kind of underwater right now. Uh, many will be rising to the occasion as best they can. Uh, I'd say most are going to do the best they can to like to adapt. I think there will be some who are going to phone it in, uh, perhaps. Um, but what's important is to make contact with that teacher and to ensure that like you understand what's expected. Um, so again, before doing so, like really review what your child is being assigned. Ask your child to explain it. Ask questions about, um, like I asked earlier, my son, I was like, oh, so when you do your Zoom calls, is the teacher muting everybody when they come on so that it's not like chaos at the start of like a meeting? Like just try to get a sense of what the flow is. Look over their shoulder if they'll let you. Um, the more you know, the more confidently you can reach out to a teacher, um, to your child's teacher. Um, the when you do so, just like always reach out like respectfully and empathically, like just assume that they're trying to do the best they can and that they are again, they're kind of overwhelmed, probably not just by the number of students that they have in their class, um, but also with just all of these new um, expectations around online and distant learning. Now, that having been said, um, it's perfectly fine to be clear in what you think your child needs. Um, and if you don't get a response within 24 hours, my rule of thumb is to resend it. 
um, usually with a little note that says like, I know you're, I know you got a lot going on. I just wanted to make sure that you saw this yesterday. Again, giving them benefit of the doubt. And then if I don't hear anything within another 24 hours, I CC the principal and I acknowledge that the teacher has a lot going on, but that I sent this two days ago and that it's really, you know, it's important for my child's learning. Um, that's, that's all in my view, completely okay. Um, as long as the tone is like, again, is professional, is respectful, and I would argue is empathic as well. Um, now, the next question that Clara asked was around going outside. When it comes to going outside, whatever the city or state is mandating at any given moment, like, you know, supersedes what I'm about to say. Um, that, you know, that having been said, like, you know, we find it really important as a family to try to get outside. You know, we keep our distance from other families or other folks walking. Increasingly, other folks walking will keep their distance from us as well. Um, you know, and whether that's going out to do some like sports practice just over on like the, you know, on the playground, um, again, just like one or two of us usually at a time, or if we're going for, you know, a walk in a park or something, we're trying to do that just to keep our sanity. Yes. But we also, we try to keep our distance. Um, it can be really helpful, I think for everyone to get a little bit outdoor time, especially in, you know, as we're, we seem to be able to still do that though, you know, there's, there's debate about whether or not that's going to remain the case. Next, the question from Clara kind of, it took a turn into the kind of the quality of educational programming. And it, and when it comes to that and like the resources that are out there and how do you know what's like, what's good and what's not, it really, really depends on who your child is, what kind of learner she or he is, um, and like what they're supposed to be learning in their school. And there's no one stop shop. There's no clear, there's no like one answer for that. Um, you know, Again, I keep reiterating, like, it's important to establish contact communication with your child's teacher. Your teacher should be the one, uh, your child's teacher should be the one who's got really specific um, ideas around what resources are best for children and which ones, you know, maybe to steer clear of. But it's a great question for your child's teacher. That's, you know, they're the, they're the expert when it comes to your child's learning. And, you know, they're the ones to go to when it comes to, um, you know, when it comes to the kinds of resources that you might use and the ones that, again, that really might, um, that it might appeal most to your child. Um, another tip there is to reach out to other parents, um, you know, the other parents in your network, whether that's through text messaging, phone calls, whether that's online, um, to find out what's working for them as well. What's useful about reaching uh, out to other parents in your network is that, you know, especially if your network is made up of parents who are in your child's school, um, then, you know, you, the kinds of resources that you'll be finding might be particularly relevant to the curriculum in that school. Um, so reaching out to a network of parents is also just a just a solid move if you can. Um, that all having been said, when I'm looking for resources for my son, or if I'm helping other teachers um, in their uh, in their different settings, um, there are some go-to spots that I have found that are particularly you know just I think useful um, and great to check out. So I'm going to read through a bunch of these now and just give a little like quick glimpse of like what each one kind of has. Um, but then I'll also include in the show notes, I'll include links to them so you can check them out for yourselves. So these are in no particular order other than like what came to mind. Um, so first is like Khan Academy is uh, great for older students. It has a ton of different, you know, um, a ton of different subjects are covered in grade bands. They do a lot that are the, in terms of like 
making the making the different videos searchable by skill and stuff like that. Um, it started out, I think, as mostly as like math, but then it quickly expanded into lots of other subjects. It's you know, it's it used to be one person creating most of the videos. They're like little tutorial videos. Um, they can be a little boring for kids at times, from what I've seen. But they've done a lot on the website to try to create some more interactive exercises and stuff like that. Um, next is LearnZillion. LearnZillion is similar, where there's just a ton of different kinds of resources for teachers and for students. Um, it was, I believe, initially like very screencast or video based. Um, their model has switched up a little bit over time, but I have seen teachers use their resources really well. It might be a little more of a teacher-leaning resource, but you can check it out. Um, Newzella is an excellent resource for texts um, that will be broken down by um, by age and like grade level, reading level, I should say. Um, they've got tons of topics for informational and I believe um, fiction as well. But you can log in there if your child doesn't have an account already with their school and they, they, they very well might. Um, and they can search all sorts of topics. And again, you can, they'll take the same article and you'll be able to say like, oh, I need, to set it, I need this to be easier to read. And then you can click a button and it just, it does that. They also have a lot of translations as well. Um, uh, I know in Spanish. Um, next is for younger learners is ABC Mouse. You might have heard about them, seen them on any variety of like PBS shows or Disney or things like that. ABC Mouse has kind of emerged as a, a fantastic digital resource for um, young children, and they've got a great reputation in our you know kind of respective networks. Um, the next one on my list would be PBS Learning. PBS Learning um, also has a ton of just really thoughtful, smart. Uh, resources for children across grade levels um, you know not to date myself or to like a, to you know talk age or whatever to sound too old but I was kind of hoping PBS would bring back um, what was the name of that show from like 20 years ago um, Square One TV that was all about like math like that's how I learned math was through Square One TV um, you know and pro tip you can go to YouTube and search up like old episodes of Square One TV in there it's a great throwback um, but aside from Square One you'll find um, lots of resources on PBS learning Next would be BrainPop. Lots of schools use BrainPop. They have animations that are not terrible <laughs> and, in fact, can be engaging and enjoyable at times about a wide range of topics. Um, you name it, and they've got videos on it, I believe. And a lot of these providers have, are making their resources free um, during uh, the coronavirus outbreak. Um, next, uh, this leans a little more towards teachers, but it's We Teach NYC. Um, we Teach NYC is a fantastic digital resource repository that the New York City Department of Education maintains, um, where they have kind of vetted content as well across grade bands and subject areas. Uh, as a disclaimer, I was heavily involved in the design and creation of We Teach NYC. That having been said, it remains a fantastic resource that I think the city could do even more with, um, especially right now um, as everyone's clamoring not just for resources. Nobody has a shortage of people telling them what resources to use. It's the it's the curation of resources that's needed, and we teach um, could be a phenomenal space. It is for I think currently for teachers, it could be it could do even more. Now next is good old YouTube. YouTube has, you know, sometimes a bum rep when it comes to the way parents feel about it and their children being on it. Totally get that. Um, my son watches a ton of videos sometimes and I'm just like, you know, who are these people creating these things? Um, and I kind of I long for the days of, you know, of, of just, you know, syndicated TV where there was like at least some 
group of corporate people deciding what was on. Um, but YouTube actually has some really phenomenal resources for learning. Um, you know, so I would encourage you, and I, I don't, I'm not going to give specific ones <clears throat> because they have, there's just so many, but spend some time as a, as a parent or looking around with your child for like, just, you know, search terms like science show for kids or science shows for middle school, for, for instance. And you'll see there's actually a lot of really great content <clears throat> that shows up there. Um, Next, we have our public libraries. So remember, in the New York City, there are three public library systems. There's the New York Public Library, there's Brooklyn, and there's Queens. Um, each one has its own system. They're increasingly kind of talking together in terms of lending and stuff like that. But um, you know, you've got lots of resources there in your own library system, particularly when it comes to doing things like perhaps reading uh, books together. You can take out eBooks, um, audiobooks as well, all through the public libraries. Um, I've argued many times in many spaces that second only to the New York City um, Department of Education, the public library system in the city is like is the most important educational institution we have um, next and there are four more next is the new visions for public schools if you don't know new visions you should totally check them out they have operated for decades now as a complement to the new york city public school system sometimes functioning as almost like a district in and of themselves um, and they are a network of schools that all around the city public charter um, that you know have a shared vision and mission kind of at a super high level but they new visions the central offices of new vision does it does a great job of creating curricular resources that are useful to um, to schools from what I've seen and you know if you haven't checked out their resources as a teacher you're missing out you really should especially their social studies curriculum is super smart um, and they have lots of resources across the board as a parent nothing preventing you from going on clicking around see what they got or um, or handing the link to your uh, child and being like check this out uh, if they're on the older end the united way has put together a fantastic list of uh, resources for parents and families um, what i like about this list is it's not just educational in terms of like these are educational you know tools to consider but it's also looking at things like mental health and other kinds of of just kind of, of, of basic needs as well EdSurge is a fave of mine. They're kind of an EdTech related website, but they do an excellent job of being responsive to like the kind of zeitgeist uh, of public education across the country at any moment. And they're doing a nice job of covering coronavirus, how families are trying to respond to it. Um, and they do a nice job too of curating different tools and resources over time. So EdSurge is uh, something I subscribe to and I enjoy getting their newsletter every week. And finally, um, at the New York City Department of Education for many years, um, a woman named Lisa Nielsen has done just fantastic work in covering educational technology from lots of different angles. Um, and Lisa has a blog um, called The Innovative Educator that, um, on which she really captures great tools, great resources, and a lot of folks go to her for, for expertise. And so if you've never checked out Lisa's work, I would highly, highly recommend um, her and, and, uh, and her website. Okay, let me stop there. That's all for this episode. Clara, thank you so much for your question. I'm from Manhattan. I'm recording in the Bronx. Um, and um, that's might be it for this episode, but that doesn't mean our engagement has to stop right here. So for everyone listening, we have lots of resources and tools over at InsideSchools.org um, where you can find independent reviews of the city schools and you can sign up for our weekly newsletter. Um, you'll also find us pretty active over on Facebook and on Twitter. And finally, please consider subscribing to our podcast. And if the spirit moves you, leave us some feedback. Um, we're hearing some great things already um, that 
that um, that makes us feel like we're, we're going down the right path here. So keep the feedback coming. Start to subscribe and like as it gets distributed across some different channels. Um, and, and really, and tell us what else might be of use to you. You can uh, contact us through any of those channels I just mentioned. You can at me directly on Twitter, at Tom Liam Lynch. And you can find me online at Tom Liam Lynch most places. Um, but the, the more kinds of questions we get from more people, the more we can see what, you know, what's really what's worrying you and the more we can try to help. All right. So until next time, we'll see you online. Thanks so much.